And I understand why you think that because you generate a lot of money and you might be making great annual revenue, but let's look at the top five, uh, 500 fortune companies out there right now. Every single one of them knows exactly how much money they're going to get month after month. They know where it's coming from, relatively how much it's going to be, but you can't do that with a launch. All Fortune 500 companies do not rely on a launch model inside of their business. And if the most successful companies in the world are doing that, then why aren't you? And it's like, boom, like, oh my gosh, I've never realized that before. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast, where we guide natural health and wellness experts through the pitfalls of marketing. Each episode, you'll learn simple, effective, easily actionable, and heart-centered marketing strategies. And here's your host, Angus Pike. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, friends, and welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Today's guest is here to talk with us all about how to build a loyal tribe and to stand out on social media. He's been here with us before. I'm talking about Brandon Lucero. Now, Brandon is the founder of Sold With Video and the Video 4X Effect. Now, Brandon's proven methodology helps to shift how online content is created and distributed by changing beliefs. We're gonna talk a lot about this today as well. Now, this is all about helping us to reach more people, having greater impact, and of course, growing our brand. Brandon, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It, um, you have, uh, as I mentioned on our previous episode, been influential in helping me really increase the impact and the reach that I've had, particularly with regards to the podcast in the early days of how we created our content, how we packaged it up into our mini clips, and then how we shared it from there as well. And then I've been able to stand upon your shoulders and help teach that to a lot of my community as well. And I've been watching you. I consume constantly and binge all of your content. As soon as, I think you probably find, as soon as Emily or anybody sends out an email that says, look, we're looking for a beta test group. I don't read any further than that. I just go, yes. So um, your work has been so profound for me as, as well, and you continue to be busy. So. We're talking a lot today, or we want to talk a lot today about what's beyond the how-to video. So, but actually, let me take a step back. For those people who perhaps haven't listened to our first episode, don't know your background, can you give them a little bit of a uh, what's brought you to now? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, well, thank you for for that nice introduction as well. I'm glad that you know I've been able to have that kind of impact on on you, your business, and your students. It's you know that's why I do it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll give the the quick version of the story. Uh, basically, I got started in business around seven years ago. Um, really, like nine, even ten years ago, like when I was like in my early twenties. Uh, you know how it goes. It's just like you try a million things and nothing's really working and you have, you just don't know what you're doing. You're just trying to figure things out. You're throwing spaghetti against the wall. But um, <clears throat> I hit a moment where I thought I knew a lot about video and I, everything I was doing was not working. And I'm like, I'm going to fall back into what I know. And I'm like, I'm going to sell video. And I started selling videos to real estate agents, like listing videos. And that's where the name sold with video, like sold a house, but like with video. Uh, came and then from there I started to get into like SEO and applying that to videos and learning how to grow on YouTube and video SEO and rank videos and all that stuff and I offered that as a service um, and then it was just kind of like a four-year journey from that point to get to the direction we're at now which is kind of like marketing like a marketing company and learning video and uh, and how it plays into sales not just getting exposure and then from there, it kind of shifted into the influence persuasion side of it and kind of like the psychology, like how do humans process information? And then how do we tr translate that to content and 
basically where we are now, um, about two years ago, we made a massive shift inside of the company and stopped doing everything we were doing and focused primarily on messaging. I quickly realized it's not that video is like the solution to fixing problems. It's what you're saying in the video. And it's much like a strategy. Like I can give a hundred people the same webinar strategy, like 10 might be successful and like another 20 might get some kind of result. That's all different results. And the reason why is because of what you're saying inside the strategy. And so uh, we shifted our focus now is mainly just we're a messaging company, number one, we're a marketing company, number two, and then number three, we're a video company, but we treat video as the vehicle to get it out there. And in this like transformation, we just discovered, you know, like how do we, how do people actually stand out? Like the people that are thriving online right now, why are they thriving online? What are they doing that they're not even aware of? And how do we make people aware of it and business owners aware of it so that they can lean into it and start to thrive as well? And so that's mm. kind of my, uh, you know, 10 year journey in three minutes. I've, um, from a 40, <clears throat> excuse me, from a 40,000 foot view, have experienced a lot of that journey. We were pretty early to the video game. And in the early days, just making a video was so new and different that, you know, it got views and interaction and engagement. And a lot of the content that I have created up until now and that I've taught other health practitioners to create that's been successful for them is how to. And I, I talk about the concept of how can you create a video that gets your audience one step closer to the health outcome that they're looking at. And I've noticed over the last 24 months a trailing off of engagement with that kind of content. One, because the social media platforms are pushing it less there, but not new and different anymore. And when you started to introduce me to this concept of the thought reversal, I realized that there was another component because to get our community well, not only are there different things that they need to be doing the way they eat and move, but what needs to underpin a lot of that too is there needs to be a change in thought process, in beliefs first. You know, if we don't believe that the junk food is bad for us, if we don't believe that not getting enough sleep, those kind of things there too, beliefs is where it all kind of starts from. So you introduced me to this concept and I'd really love for you to talk about this whole idea of the thought reversal. What are the ingredients of it and how do we start to implement that as a part of our social media strategy? Yeah. So before we get into it, I got to, I have to kind of set the stage, like the context for what I'm about to, to go into. So that makes sense. Um, the reason why, so the reason why how to educational content is, is causing people to blend in and, and go unheard, um, is because it, it is a commodity, right? Like it's, it's, if you're teaching the same skills or the same things as someone else, that's relatively going to be 70% the same. Like you're, you, we all have skills and zones of genius, but people have the same skills and zones of genius. So what happens is you're, I call this the content circle of death. There's like a circle, just imagine if you're listening to this, you imagine a circle on the, on the wall and inside of that is your skills and your zone of genius. Now, if you're the first one to a space, and this is why it worked like five years ago, your first one to a space and you're teaching, you're the only one teaching it. So that entire circle, that's your niche. The circle is your niche the entire circle or the niche is listening to you. It's paying attention. You're gain, gaining traction. But then the second you get competitor number two in there, the, the niche is literally split in half. And now what's happening, and then you get competitor three and four and five. And what's happening is, is the niche, yes, it does grow, but it doesn't grow as fast as competitors are coming in. And when, you're when all your content is a commodity, so you're teaching the same thing as person number A, B, C, D, you start to blend in. Now people do thrive off how to content, but the reason why they thrive is because they're doing stuff they're not aware of. 
they're connecting on a certain level. So like maybe, you know, I'm in a space and I'm, I reveal that I'm a father on a video and there's other parents who are trying to learn these skills and they choose me because they relate to me over everyone else because I'm, I'm a parent. And so what I'm saying is we have to look at like, what are, what are these beliefs? What are these identities that people have and how do we create content that reinforce those things so we can do it in combination with how to educational content. And what this does is it allows us to operate outside what I call this content circle of death. It puts us in our own space. So one of the things that you talked about or just uh, referenced was thought reversals. This is one of the video types that we can start to use. Um, and what this does is this allows us to shift people's perspective. And so in my opinion, what how-to content does is it, it does give us authority. Like it shows people we kind of know what we're talking about. Um, what thought reversals will do is actually give you that thought leadership status. And so the idea here is to shift people's perspective. So get them to look at a scenario from a different angle or a different view or a different lens. And what happens is people look at scenarios and they never think twice about it. They look at it from their one angle and they think that's the way it is. But then as soon as you shift them and you get them to look at it from a different angle, you literally shift their reality. And when you shift their reality, it's like mind boggling to them. And then when you start to do that over and over and over again, you completely pull them out of that content circle of death. You're, you're talking about and communicating stuff in a way they've never heard before. You're being different. You're being unique. Um, the, the way I like to explain this is imagine there's a shape in the ground and it's the same shape of a six or a nine. But if you're on the north side of it, it may look like a six. And if you're on the south side of it, it's going to look like a nine. And so you have two people, one sees a six, one sees a nine. It's literally the same design. But what you're doing, if you're the person seeing the nine, what thought reversal videos do is they get everyone who sees the six to come over and see the nine. And when you do that, that's when people say like, you just blew my mind. This, I've never thought of it that way. Like, holy moly, like this is amazing. Um, and so what we like to do is, is to start figuring out what these topics are going to be is, is two things. I, number one, well, three things. Number one, where I tell most people to start is to look at the industry norms that have been taught that you are recognizing are old, outdated, or not the best way, but are still being taught and people still think is normal because quote unquote, that's the way it is, or that's the way it's always been. Um, and so what of this, when you start to do this, you start to look at these industry norms that are not always the best way. And people just believe it's the best way because that's just the way it's always been. And you come in and say, nope. And you're able to shift the perspective. You're the thought leader because now you're the one changing the space. And this mm -hmm. is really where thought leadership stems from. And this is what thought leaders for the longest time have been doing without people actually recognizing this is what they're doing. And so does all, does all that make sense so far? Perfect. Because you helped to create a lot of this content for you know many of the big influencers online. Could you give us an example of some thought reversal type sort of content that you have created for somebody? Yep, 100%. So I'll, I'll use a couple of mine uh, at first. So like, you know, in the online marketing space and content space, um, people have taught how to educational content, kind of like what we we're talking about today, how to educational content is how you grow an audience online. And that's just been the way it's been, right? Like that's just people believe it because they're like, okay, all these gurus have told me that, th that this is the way it is. So it must be true. And it was true at one point. It was true five years ago. But like I said, with that content circle of death, more and more people starting businesses, I recognize this is not true anymore. Like this is causing people to blend in. So what I did is I actually created a video called how to educational content is not the way to grow an audience fast online. And what this allows me to do is to one, number one, stop the scroll, 
like I capture people's attention. They're just like, wait, what, what is this person saying? So you're being polarizing, you're standing on the edges. So you stand out. And now what I'm able to do is then come in and, and present, and I can go through the thought reversal formula. Um, I'll go through it. So basically what I would do is I would start with the polarizing, you know, headline and belief. And I would say how to content is not the best type of content. Um, and then we move into a compassion piece because we're, you know, disrupting someone's belief system. And we, you know, it's not the easiest thing for them to, to take sometimes and they, they tend to want to be defensive. So we want to be compassionate about it and just say, look, look, I understand why you think that everyone and all the gurus have been told, telling us for years that this is the best way to grow an audience. And then we move into the discredit where we show that the, the uh, belief is flawed. So in this case, I would use a counterexample. I would say, well, you know, let's look at Gary Vaynerchuk. He's grown the fastest out of anyone in the entrepreneur space. And he did it without a traditional educational how-to step-by-step video. And if he's grown the fastest and isn't using this, is this really the best type of content to grow the fastest online? Now what I did is I used Gary as the counterexample to get people to go like, oh my God, <laughs> he's really like, he's right. And then now once you kind of like obliterate that belief, you can take them any direction you want to go. So you would say, well, what does Gary do? And what do people like Grant Cardone? And you just start listing all these top people. And you say what they're doing is thought reversal videos or what they're doing is videos based off beliefs. And what they're doing is videos based off identity. And I can give examples, like look at what Gary did here and look at what Grant Cardone did here and look at what this person did here. It's like, so how do we do it? And then now I can start to get into a little bit of the how-to education if I want to. But now the difference is, is, is now I'm standing out because I stand for something. I'm being polarizing. I'm shifting their perspective. But when we shift their perspective, they're an open playing field. You just demolish the belief. So now they're going to latch on to whatever you're telling them uh, is the right way as long as it makes sense in their mind. And if you truly do have the better way or the right way, then they're going to latch on to it like nothing that you've ever seen before. And, and again, this doesn't need to be like, I'm right, you're wrong. This doesn't need to be aggressive. This doesn't need, it's, it's very compassion uh, based. And in my opinion, what thought reversals allow us to do is end suffering. They allow us to identify people believe this is true and it's causing their business not to grow or it's causing this kind of pain in their life or whatever. And I can come in and remove that pain. You know, there's a lot of unheard entrepreneurs out there who continue putting out how to content with a message and they're not able to get it out there because everyone keeps telling them this is the way it is. And it's like, I get, I get to come in and, and end that suffering. And so um, very much like this podcast, you know, you may have come in thinking how to educational content is the best way to grow an audience. And without being aggressive, without saying you're right, I'm wrong, without even do, giving you a lot of how-to steps, I'm able to add an immense amount of value because I believe to my core that thought reversals and busting people out of these old beliefs is one of the most value-adding transformational things you can do for anyone. Yeah, I, I'm my brain, I'm uh, taking notes here like a madman as we go through it. I love this concept because the polarizing statement at the beginning there is what you like you talked about the, the job of that really is to stop the scroll there's so much gray that tends to be in our social media field um, uh, screens and then you know on our email those kind of things but where you follow it up i think is so clever because you know in psychology when somebody uh, hits us with a statement that might be different from our worldview we have a choice to make and it's either to make them wrong or to make me wrong and nine times out of ten if i have that choice i'm always going to make the other person wrong you know we've really got these kind of monkey brains there 
If we can follow that up with compassion though, which helps to connect us, then I'm much more likely to continue on listening. Uh, listening. And then after that, when we follow up with evidence, then I can see it's such a beautiful formula from there. Is, am I right though in saying, because often the way that when I'm doing a thought reversal type video, it's that introduction that follows that formula there that you have taught me. But then it often, I find myself going into how to do it differently. So there's still an element of how to that I have as a part of it, but the setup is very different. And really what I'm telling them to do is how to change their beliefs as opposed to, you know, look, here's how you stretch your lower back. Uh, here's how you set up your computer, those kind of things there. It's the setup that is what has the impact of this style of video. Am I missing something there? No, it, it can be like, and, and just to, just to be clear, we do have a couple different versions of how to do thought reversals, but you know, like obviously not to overwhelm people too much information. Like, um, I don't want to go into too many details of the different versions of it, but it more or less is another way to teach, um, how to content, but it's not about just teaching how to content. It's about teaching a unique new different way that you've kind of created on your own. And so like for us, like thought reversals didn't exist. And so I'm able to use thought reversals to, I guess, promote thought reversals, <laughs> but yes. it doesn't need, like it can be, it could be anything. Another version of it. So I, I said there was three ways to find the topics for thought reversals, like going against industry norms was one. Finding out your audience's limiting beliefs is another one. And another one is objections that you're going to hear in the sales process. Cause I also believe that content should be doing 70% of your selling. So to give you another example, um, like one of the objections we hear all the time is I'm, uh, I'm afraid of the camera. I can't do video. So we hear that all the time. So now what we do with our content is we have a piece of content or a video that's, that's literally titled, you're not afraid of the camera. And so the video would start off saying something like, look, you're not afraid of the camera, even if you think you are. And I understand why you think you are. You might feel like afraid and you might feel fear and you might start trembling when you get in front of the camera. Then I move into the discredit and I find counterexamples. Have you ever taken a selfie? Have you ever had your picture taken? Have you ever done a Zoom call all without being scared? You probably have. And now they can't use that objection against me. And so what I do at this point is I move them uh, into what really is the problem. So I say, Something like um, what you're probably really afraid of is the fear of judgment. And right here at this point, I have two options. I could go into a how-to video of how to get past fear, or I could move to inspire them out of that spot. And this is a different version of thought reversal that we've been playing around with, which is kind of more or less an inspirational video, but it's still using specific language patterns to snap them out of that belief. So I would say things like, look, you probably haven't realized that it's, um, you know, you're always going to be judged no matter what you do. Wouldn't it be more worth it to be judged by doing the things that you love versus not doing anything at all? And have you ever thought about how selfish it is to let your fears uh, stop you from helping people on this planet? And I just start moving the video in that way where I'm not really teaching anything, but I'm trying to snap them out of that original belief that they have. So by the end of the video, they feel inspired. They feel like, you know, I'm not afraid of the camera. I'm actually afraid of judgment and I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. And so that that's a, a different type of thought reversal that didn't really teach anything, but still snap them out of the belief. So we have a couple different ways to do them now. Um, so it doesn't always have to go into how to educational if you don't want it to be. Mm. Can we talk a little more? I, I've, when it comes to creating how to content and being in front of the camera, 
um, I have a level of um, skill that, that it doesn't bother me all that much. Anymore. I know my content so well. I understand how to transform my audience from one place to the other. And I'm seeing the need for me to step up to the next level of creating content that's, for lack of a better term, motivational, a bit like you talked about there. And it seems so outside my wheelhouse to create that kind of content. I'm guessing that's not the first time that you've heard somebody say that with you because you, you, you do this a lot. Um, how do you transition into that and how do you start to put up, because if I know if I've got a formula, how to be motivational, for lack of a better term, um, what's the direction of the best steps take to, towards creating that kind of content? Glad you asked because that's going to move us into the next type of content. So for the longest time I've, I've been just telling people, okay, like do thought reversals, sprinkle in some how-tos, you're good. Um, we've been working on what I call connection videos. And I believe there's three types of content and things you should be focusing on. One is thought reversals, the other is connection content, and the other is, I call them what to do videos. And we can talk about that in a second, but those are really going to be how to, we still want how to, we're just making sure that it's in combination with these other types. So a connection video will get, I guess, misdiagnosed or, or misclassified as inspirational, motivational. Uh, Cause what, here's what happens is a lot of people will do something and they get a certain result. Like people do an inspirational video and then they get a certain result and they go, Oh, it, th- that I got that result because I was inspirational. So they then tell their audience you need to be inspirational, but the inspirational video was just the vehicle that released the actual thing that did the work and they, they don't recognize that. And so what I'm telling people is motivational, inspirational videos by themselves don't actually build connection or build your business. But what they can do if you're strategic about it is release the things that will move people or connect with people. And so um, what we want to do is we want to look at, okay, thought reversals are, based off of, um, like, let's use the six and the nine analogy. Where the person seeing the nine thought reversals to take the person seeing the six and get them to see the nine. And then they can decide if they want to continue seeing the nine or go back and see the six. It's their choice. What connection videos or these motivational inspirational videos will do is they'll start to rally up everyone who already sees the nine with you and get them to rally up behind you. Like, yes, this is a nine. Yes, this is a nine. And so this is when we can start to create a movement. So what you really need to do is not just be, motivational, inspirational, be like, you can do it. What we want to do is we want to look at what are the beliefs that I have that I want to see in the world? What's the change that I want to see in the world that also the audience that I want already believes to be true as well. And then we basically just reinforce that belief. And this is what Gary Vaynerchuk is very good at doing. And so he looks at the identity, which is the entrepreneur, and he just reinforces the identity. Um, And I'll give you an example here. The Mm. easiest place to get started is to look at your core values. Most people don't understand that your core values, like your and the way you order them, is, uh, are also your identities and the identities that are the strongest. And most people don't, and I'll show you how this is true. So for me, my core values uh, in order are family, uh, business, um, integrity, and money. Those are my top four in that order. And the reason why money's in there is because you absolutely need money to run a business. And if you're a business owner and money's not one of your top values, you're going to have a massive problem trying to grow a business. So money's one of my top four. But when it comes to my messaging and my content, I actually tend to leave money out of my business, even though it's, so it's not one of my core values that I bring into business. And the reason why is because it often gets misclassified as greed, 
and different things like that. People just don't understand. So I'm like, I don't even want to tackle that. Now, when I look at my identities, I'm a father, I'm an entrepreneur, business owner, I'm a person of integrity. Those are my exact core values in the same order. Those are my identities. Now, if someone wrote a piece of content or a headline or a blog post or a video title that literally said, integrity is, is the best trait an entrepreneur and a father can have, I'm going to click on that thing faster than anything I've ever clicked on online. Why? Because it literally reinforces three of my identities. And then if they start talking about like, you know, how, how, it, uh, if you're a father and an entrepreneur, you can have integrity, you can do this, you can raise your kids to be this and you can raise and we should teach our kids entrepreneur, entrepreneurship. We should teach, I mean, like, that would be kind of like a motivational video, so to speak, but all it's doing is reinforcing my identity. And now I'm connecting with that person based off of identity and beliefs. Does, does all that make sense? Yeah, perfect. And, and so much of that comes back to the foundation of all good messaging, which is really knowing your audience, isn't it? Getting clear around. Um, I, so are you beginning with... Can I make a distinction real quick? Yes. It's, it's not... If you do this carefully, it's not even about knowing your audience. It's literally choosing who you want to be in your audience. Like right. most people say, I don't, I don't, why don't my audience doesn't this and that. And it's like, because you're not, a, you, you can literally handpick who is going to be in your audience based off the identities that you're putting in your content. Like if I talk about parents and entrepreneurship and reinforce those identities, I'm only going to get parent, mostly parents and entrepreneurs in my audience. And so it, it's, and the reason why you have to base it off your core values is because when you do it off your core values, you're building a business off of you in your identity and attracting the same people as you. And then you can speak to them on the same level because you're literally talking about yourself. Like the reason why my messaging is so strong is I literally talk about the exact struggles I go through. And since I've handpicked who's in my audience, it's the same thing they go through. Yeah, as I was about to try and articulate that before, I kind of realized, because one of the most magnetic things is authenticity. So if we're authentic, our audience sees that too. and so. It, as opposed to what traditional marketing would talk about, just to, to reinforce this, which is find an audience who you're going to serve, get to know them really, really deeply, and then communicate in their language. You're actually doing it the other way around. You're saying, look, who am I? What does my business stand for? And who's the audience that I want to create to, to, that is with me? And then I'm going to go out and communicate that. That's the, the reverse of a lot of the way that it's taught. 100%. Yeah. Cause what most people tell you to do is like survey your audience, create stuff that they want create the programs that they want. It's easier to sell if you just know what they want. And then what you start creating is a bunch of stuff you don't want. And you start talking about stuff, a lot of stuff you don't want to talk about and you let your audience dictate a message and you have a very scattered message. And then you wonder why no one's listening or paying attention. And then you start to resent your business. And I, I know all this cause I went through it. Like at the end of 2017, I was basically there. I was like, I hate talking about this stuff. I don't like doing these programs. This is what everyone's telling me they want. And I felt like I was trapped in a box. And yeah. and I was just like, you know what? I'm done. And I just got rid of everything. And then this is and then it fell into what we're doing now. Yeah, I get it. When I'm teaching inside of community influencer and we're going through the kind of module on niche, the very first question that I start with with regards to who you're going to focus on is who do you love working with? And I guess that might be some way that I've circumvented that just a little bit. So you don't end up filling your practice with a bunch of people who you might get great results with. Um, but if you have a bunch of these people coming into your practice and you're not enjoying it, then it very quickly makes things, you know, not all that 
fun. So I'm wondering, could you share um, outside of a kind of thought reversal about a thought reversal, perhaps another one of these style of videos with some of the clients that you've worked with, how you've taken a belief, you've flipped it around the empathy into the evidence and moving forwards. Could we have another example? Yeah, so um, I'll use, this was inside of James Wedmore's video series. And basically one of the things that he said in the video series was uh, Instagram is not a business. And so there's a lot of people out there that think like, if I can grow an Instagram following, then I will have a business. And so um, what we did is we, we wrote in the line, Instagram is not a business, which, go, which already is that polarizing title. We kind of go against the grain. And we just say, I understand why you think that. You know, it kind of makes sense that the more followers you have, the more opportunities you have for sales. Um, but we would go into, now we would move into the discredit and we would, we would say something along the lines of, uh, actually, let me give you a different one. Let's do a launch is not a business. So we ended up doing both inside the video series, but we said a launch is not a business. And most people think it grow, actually will grow an online business by launching. And so we say we, uh, a launch is not a business. And we say, I understand why you think that because you generate a lot of money and you might be making great annual revenue, but let's look at the top five, uh, 500 fortune companies out there right now. Every single one of them knows exactly how much money they're going to get month after month. They know where it's coming from relatively how much it's going to be, but you can't do that with a launch. All fortune 500 companies do not rely on a launch model inside of their business. And if the most successful companies in the world are doing that, then why aren't you? And it's like, boom, like, oh my gosh, I've never realized that before. And so we would go that and we said, so what, what do they have? Well, they have consistent revenue. They scale. How do we do that? Well, let's talk about that. And we kind of move into that. We just do that process over and over again. Another one would be um, working hard doesn't guarantee success. So a lot of people will say like hustle your face off and all that stuff. So what we would do is we would say working hard uh, doesn't guarantee success. And so it's again, polarizing. You say, then we move into compassion. I understand why you think that everyone and their mom is talking about like, work until your eyeballs bleed, hustle your face off. But let me ask you this. Does everyone who work hard become successful? No. And in fact, you could work your ass off and have nothing to show for it. And so what we did there is we, what I call chunking up. What I did is I took the belief and I applied it to everyone or all the time. Is this true for everyone? Does everyone who work hard become successful? No. Is, and then the other way to do it is all the time. Is this always true? Does, you know, and you just apply it to being true 100% of the time. What we have found is that unless something's true 100% of the time, it's automatically going to be classified as a belief. And at least as, as far as where we operate from with, with content. Um, so, and when we operate that way, all we need to do is just chunk up every time and it's always going to be flawed. And so chunking up, it's a very easy way. So chunking up and counterexamples are my two easiest favorite ways to do the discredit for anything. Um, but as soon as I discredit, I, I then move into like, um, you know, what does every successful, if, if working hard isn't what guarantees success, what does every successful person have? Well, they have confidence. Have, can you find me any successful person that didn't believe in themselves? No. Or I could go in, I, I can take them any direction I want. I could say, um, uh, what did every successful person have? Well, they all had the right mindset. Can you find me any person who didn't have the right mindset? You know, and then I can go, uh, what did they all have? Well, they all had a right mentor. Can you find me any successful person who didn't have a mentor? And then you just select, so how do you find the right mentor? And then blah, 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 blah. How do you get the right mindset? Blah, blah, blah. How do you get the right comp? How do you get confidence? And I can just literally take it any way that I want to go. Um, so yeah, is, is that, is that helpful? Perfect. 
Brent, did this, does this kind of content with the polarizing statement at the start there, do you tend to see more negative comments down beneath if people are interacting with it as well as, you know, really attracting people? Does it repel and kind of get the haters going also? Not as much as you would think, um, especially if you're writing it with, with the intention of shifting perspective to end suffering. Um, and as long as you're not talking about like pet peeves and opinions, you're talking more about beliefs. And here's the difference. When people have opinions, they pretty much realize that they have opinions and that it's just their perspective. Mm. When it's a belief, people don't even realize it's a belief. They believe this is the way it is. And that that's kind of like the easiest way to understand the difference between it. But mm. yeah, every once in a while you'll get people commenting on things. And here's what's really funny is, is when you lay down the new way or the old way or whatever, that still is a belief. It's, it's your belief, right? Mm -hmm. um, and everything's based off beliefs. Like I want, I want people to understand beliefs aren't bad. Like what I'm saying is we all have beliefs. We all need beliefs, but let's just have the beliefs that actually benefit us and better our lives. And let's get rid of the beliefs that cause suffering and let's get rid of the beliefs that cause suffering for our audience. So when I lay down the new way, every once in a while, you'll get people poking holes at your belief also, which they're able to do using the same language patterns that you're using uh, yes. because it is the belief, you know? Uh, so you'll get that every once in a while, but most of the time you get a lot of like really positive things like mine, like your mind, my mind's just been blown. Never thought of it that way. You get a lot of shares, reactions, and this will typically be your most engaging content you've ever created. Yeah. Terrific. It's, um, I, I, I'd love to, I've seen a couple of those videos from James that you talked about before. Um, I want to take a, a sidestep here for a moment. There's a question that I've been wanting to ask you for a long time. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by a lot of what you do because you are incredibly intelligent, articulate, you're methodical in the way that you pick things down. And in one way that some of our listeners might be thinking of, what a very analytical mind that you have. And then on the other side of things too, you're one of the most woo-woo people that I have ever met also. And somewhere, and I can't even think where it was. Am I right that there was once a time that you nearly won the lotto? Yeah. Yes. Can you? It's one of my favorite stories. And I wanted to ask if you would share it here with us again today. Um, it's a neat story that I've got some other questions to ask afterwards. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, and, and I am very woo woo and, and down the rabbit hole. And actually a lot of like the methods that I talk about come from like just ancient spiritual wisdom and, and how reality is created and a lot of that stuff. So I just, I mean, I love talking about this stuff. So obviously one of the things I believe in is manifestation and, and um, I believe we're always manifesting. It's not like something you do 15 minutes a day and then you're good to go. It's like, what are you putting out all the time? So um, I was sitting in school I, and I, I hate like school. Like I like learning, but I hated college. Um, mainly because I was an art history major or an art major and they made me do art history and it was so boring. But anyways, I was sitting there one day and I'm like, I don't want to be here. I just, I don't want, this is, I, I'm done. But it was also at the same time, I knew I was going to be a millionaire. Like I've just known since I was a kid. I'm like, I'm going to be a business owner. I remember in sixth grade, they asked us like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And everyone went to the room and I said, I'm going to be the boss. I'm going to be, I'm going to own a business. Um, and so sitting there, I'm like, you know what? I am going to be a millionaire and I'm going to do it by winning the lottery and I'm going to win the lottery right now. And I was so convicted. I was so convinced that I'm like, 
it's happening. I just knew it to my core, to my gut that I'm like, I'm winning the lottery and I'm doing it right now. And I said, okay, I'm going to get in tune with myself and I'm just going to let the first numbers that pop into my head and my quiet the mind, that's what I'm going to do. So I write down these numbers, boom, 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 boom. I think it was five and then like one Powerball number or something like that. So I go and I, I write the six numbers total, write them down, go, uh, I'm driving home, I stop at a liquor store and I write down the numbers and I'm writing them down. And then one of the, there was two numbers that were like right next to each other. So it was like 28, 29 or something like that. And I was like, there's no way they're going to pick consecutive numbers like that. Like it's all random. So it doesn't even matter. But <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I changed one of the numbers and uh, because it was consecutive. And so I'm, there's a party going on at my house and then uh, I'm on the website, refreshing the page and the numbers come out and the first one is a match. I'm like, yeah, of course it's a match. The second one, boom, it's a match. I'm like, yeah, of course it's a match. Third one, boom, it's a match. And then it's like, yeah, I'm winning the lottery. And the fourth one wasn't a match, but it, had I kept the number the same, it would have been a complete match. Oh. And uh, so all said and done, there's six numbers total. So it was five and then the Powerball. I actually missed the Powerball, but I had all five of the first numbers. Um, perfectly picked if I would have just stayed with my numbers and I would have won like $150,000 or something like that. Um, and so I ended up getting like, I think it was like four out of six and I ended up winning like 150 bucks or something like that yeah. around, around there. Um, but yeah, I was like sitting there and I was just like, that's, and I, it was just, I can't explain it other than I just knew to my core that this was going to happen. And then had I just stuck with what I wrote down, I would have won like $150,000 or, you know, something in that range. Profound. I um I I think of that story often. I don't know that it, it pops into my mind all the time, and I think about it. And went, I must ask Brandon about that at at some stage. Um, lots of the content that you've just touched on now. You know, we've talked about three different kinds of videos from thought reversals, connections, or how to what your firm so what to do next, and the different frameworks in there. You're a wonderful teacher at breaking these things down and putting them into a recipe. You have another course, which is coming up shortly again, the 4X effect, where you're gonna be teaching a lot of that. Could you share a little bit with our listeners about what that is and then who it might be right for and then of course to who it's not a good fit for as well? Sure, yeah. So the video 4X effect is, is our methodology about how to create all of this. Like how do we, you know, what, how do we create the how to, what to do videos, the connection videos, the thought reversals, what are great topics and really like pulling it out. Um, one of the things that we're really, like kind of lean in on is, is, um, knowing the content needs to create demand for what you're going to sell. And cause it's content marketing and marketing supposed to bring you an ROI and not a lot of people focus on that. So what we do is we really look at your offer in your program and we start to craft what that even looks like. How do we position it? Um, and then how do we make it unique? Cause I'm just a huge believer that you have to have something unique. Like you can't be a YouTube expert teaching YouTube. You have to have your own proprietary process of how to use YouTube, which then makes you unique. No one else can teach it. So we kind of like break that down. Um, and then how do we create the content that creates demand for that unique thing? But uh, we broke it down into four pillars. So pillar number one is that North star. So how do we create the offer, the position, the unique solution so that we know where to create content from next step is actually how do we create the content? So how do we actually pull apart? How do we use language patterns? How do we, what are the frameworks for the videos? Um, so that they're effective, they have the right titles, all of that type of stuff. The next pillar is what we call the synergistic strategy. And the synergistic strategy is like, okay, let's not just use one platform. 
how do we use multiple platforms with the same videos? Like I don't, we don't really need to like repurpose too much. It's the same content, so to speak, but how do we distribute it? So if someone sees like, a, you know, a connection video on Instagram, then they're over on Facebook, we can make sure they're seeing a thought reversal. It's about getting the right message to mm. the right person at the right time. And we can literally control what video they're seeing, when they're seeing it, how they're seeing it, and making, regardless of what platform they're on, Facebook or Instagram. And uh, so that's a synergistic strategy. And this also allows us to get instant traction, which is why I love it so much because we can run like a video view campaign. And for every dollar we spend, we get 100 targeted views. Like it's unbelievable. And uh, the last pillar is that then gets more into the nitty gritty of like, how do we, how do you actually make a video? And so this is what freaks a lot of people out. And so mm -hmm. we've have a lot of really cool workflows and processes of creating content. So it's very easy and effortless for you, the entrepreneur. And in fact, one of the changes we're making to our process of creating content is we're starting to realize like these polished professional videos are not as effective as something you can record with your phone. Yes. And so a lot of our stuff that's like more behind the scenes, real authentic does a lot better. So uh, like right now we're doing a podcast interview, a really good piece of content would have been for me to set up a tripod and just film myself recording this with you and pulling out these like five minute little chunks. I'm like, wow, that was a great thought reversal. Let me just turn that into a piece of content and I'm good to go. You know, we're creating content all the time already. Sometimes we just need to document it. And as long as it fits in our frameworks and you know the framework so you can use it on podcasts and stuff um, or just interviews you're doing or whatever, you start realizing you're creating a ton of really good content already. So this, there's really not much to creating video content. It's not as scary as people think. And that mm -hmm. process, process of our methodology um, is broken down in, in that pillar. And then obviously the program runs you through all four of those, those pillars. Mm. So much of this kind of content is uh, very new and for many people a little bit kind of overwhelming. One of the things that's helpful about the work that you do, the Facebook group that you put together for this is one of the most active and supportive and helpful groups that I've ever been a part of in terms of oh, I'm getting stuck with this and then ideas back bouncing back and forwards. And then again, there's the kind of weekly trainings where you get the opportunity. So you know, I, look, um, I'm such a huge fan of your work. It's helped me personally, um, you know, in many ways. It, not that you're a competitor of mine at all, because I just love the work that you do. It's why I would stand here. And if our audience is listening and they're thinking that, you know, I, I've been making some videos and I've not been getting the results. There's a lot from today that might point you to the reason of why you might not be getting some results. And if you're wanting to go deeper with that, I, I, I just couldn't recommend Brandon and his team anymore. Uh, there's this great substance behind and there's not a lot of that's not it's not true there are often situations online where there's not great substance behind people also so Brandon thank you for continuing to evolve I know that we were talking before this that from when I first went through your training which was it would have been more than 12 18 months ago when you first yeah been about a year and a half yeah that you've been constantly testing and tweaking and those kind of things they took so i'm going to jump back in there and i'm looking forward to what's coming next i will be sure to kind of go through it again next time that, that it happens also so in winding this up today do you have any kind of final thoughts that you'd like to share with our wonderful audience yeah i think uh the number one thing that i i just really want people to grasp with a lot of this stuff is what, what we're doing with content and what we're doing with messaging. Um, 
it, it allows people to realize that they can thrive by being them and you can share those beliefs and commonalities with them. It ends suffering from them based on where the deep roots of where suffering comes from. And then, you know, that's why I love this so much. It allows us to stand out because we stand for something. It allows us to have a deeper meaning and purpose behind our business and allows us to not just teach, teach, teach all the time, but get to the deep root transformational things that um, build connection and improve people's lives. And to me, that's what this is all about. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm just so grateful to be having the opportunity to be on your podcast again and reach more people. So thank you for, for having me. Thank you, Brandon. Ending suffering and making people's lives better. What a great way to finish. Buddy, thank you so much for all that you do. I look forward to chatting with you again real soon. Have a great day. See ya. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.